Father in heaven, we thank you that today we can be reminded that God became man. And Father, as we meditate a little bit on this story of the incarnation of Jesus, being born as a child, I pray, Father, that we would learn whatever lesson it is you have prepared for us. I ask again, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit to take the lifeless words and to breathe life into them, to take the message and apply it to our hearts, that we would be drawn closer to you. Thank you, Father, for this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Um, all of the Gospels record the story of the birth of Christ. Luke, for some reason, spends the most time on this. So this Christmas season, if you are looking for the Christmas story in the Bible, you'll want to go to the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we're going to look at a very small portion of this story together today, um, and I think you're going to be blessed by it. Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 8. The Bible says this, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. It was customary at this time in earth's history uh, when shepherds were keeping care of their sheep to spend both day and night with their flocks out in the fields. They would tend to their needs during the day, water and food, and then at night the shepherds would stay with the sheep during the evening to make sure that there was no harm or danger that would come from uh, any animal, wild animal, that would like to eat a sheep as a meal. And this particular night, um, as the shepherds were huddled together, perhaps they were sitting around a fire, they were talking in the evening, and we're told in the book Desire of Ages what they were talking about. They weren't just there having a secular conversation. They weren't just, uh, you know, sleeping there in the field. But we're told in the book Desire of Ages that they were having a very specific conversation together. And what they were talking about were the prophecies surrounding the advent of the Messiah. They were talking about the prophecies of uh, the Messiah and when he would come and what that would look like, what would take place and what would transpire. And while they were talking about these prophecies, the, the, the book Desire of Ages tells us that they were praying together, that they perhaps would be ready when the Messiah would come. Little did they know what was happening just a few, a uh, little short distance away as they were there talking about the prophecies. And, and I would like you to think in your minds with me this morning about how you feel when you study the prophecies about the second coming of Jesus. How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel warm and fuzzy and excited and something to look forward to? I'm sure it does. It thrills our hearts with the prospects that Christ is going to come back and take us from this world of sin and suffering and take us to the place of eternal peace. And much the same we feel when we think about the prophecies of the second coming. This is how the shepherds felt as they were talking about the prophecies of the Messiah. And there they were in this field watching over their flocks by night talking about the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Chapter 2 and verse 9 goes on and it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. 
And they were what? They were sore afraid. How do you think you would feel if you were in the middle of a field at night talking about the prophecies of the Messiah and then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, there's an angel that stands in front of you. You think you might be a little bit afraid? So, so here they are. They, their conversation has been rather uh, abruptly uh, cut, to, cut to the chase or, or rather cut short. And, and, and there's this angel that's standing in front of them and their hearts begin to quiver inside of them. They are fearful for their lives, perhaps. And as they are standing there in the presence of the Lord, the Bible says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The angel has an incredible message that he wants to deliver to them. The Bible says in verses 10 and 11, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a what? What were they just talking about? The birth of the Savior. And what did the angel just come and tell them? The Savior has been what? Born. Can you imagine? I mean, at first, the Bible says they were so afraid. Their hearts were trembling. They were fearful. And then he says, the Savior has been born. The very thing that you've been talking about, the very prophecies you've been studying have now been fulfilled. And now their fear is turned into what? Can you, I mean, what an emotional roller coaster ride. They start out fearful. And as they continue to listen to this conversation, their hearts are filled with joy. And what we're told in the book Desire of Ages is that the angels of the Lord, they came to Jerusalem and they were looking. They were looking for somebody, for some group of people that they could come and tell the good news that the Messiah had been born. But as they went from one place to another throughout Jerusalem, they found that much of the inhabitants were rather careless and indifferent to the prophecies concerning the Messiah. So they continued their search, and all they could find was a small band of uneducated men who were in the fields, perhaps reciting from memory some of these messianic prophecies. And the heart of the angel thrills, and they go quickly to those, that small band of men, and they deliver the message that the Messiah had been born. That's not what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk to you about something that the angel said after this. Verses 13 and 14 is where we're going to focus our attention. The Bible says this, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill, Toward men. It's the shortest Christmas carol, if you will. These 14 words, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. As the angel delivers the message that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, it appears as though there's only one angel, but then the Bible says that there was a great multitude of the heavenly host. That word host in the Greek is the word that is, it's a military term that is used for an army. There was a vast throng of angels. You see, it wasn't like the angel said, hey, you know what, why don't you go tell them and we'll just hang out here. 
This was such a joyful event. It was something that they had anticipated and looked forward to, that all of the angels came down here to this earth to accompany this message that the Savior had been born. How many of you would have liked to have been those, those shepherd men that heard that angel, those angels sing? Fourteen words. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Desire of Ages, page 48, says this. Heaven and earth are no wider apart today than when the shepherds listened to the angels' song. Somebody ought to say amen to that. I mean, it seemed like heaven and earth were pretty close at that point. Here you have shepherds, and they're standing in front of the angels, and the angels are delivering the message and singing a song. Heaven and earth had come very close. The Messiah had been born. He was laying in a manger in the city of David, just a short distance away from where the shepherds were. But we are promised that heaven and earth are no wider apart today than it was when the shepherds listened to that heavenly concert. As we look at these 14 words together for a few moments here this morning, there are three things that I want to look at. I want to look at their instruction to us. Take just a little bit of time to look at that. I want to look at their prophetic implications to us. And then lastly, I want to look at the application of it. What does it mean in my life today? So let's start with the first thing. What is the instruction that we find? Now, when we look at these 14 words, this short Christmas carol, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Usually we think of it in the context of the birth of the Messiah, the advent of the Messiah there in Bethlehem. But I want you to listen to this. The Bible echo, July 15 of 1893. Listen carefully. It says this. When the plan of salvation was revealed to the angels. When what was revealed to the angels? When the plan of salvation was revealed to the angels, joy, inexpressible joy, filled Heaven, were the angels happy when they heard about the plan of salvation? <laughs> Inexpressible joys, she says. Now, going on. The glory and blessedness of a world redeemed without measure, even the anguish of the prince, or sorry, the glory and blessedness of a world redeemed outmeasured even the anguish of the prince of life. Through the celestial courts, echoed the first strain of that song that the angels sang above the hills of Bethlehem, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When was this song first sung? When the angels heard the plan of salvation. This was the second time. So, 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 so thousands of years before Jesus was born, in, in the heavenly court, when the Father and the Son delivered the plan of how they would redeem fallen man, how man could be brought back into a relationship with God, when the angels heard the plan of salvation, the redemption of fallen man, they could not but help sing this song Glory to God in the highest. And when God became man, when Jesus left heaven and came down here to this earth and was born in the manger, when the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world was incarnate and here on this earth, the only thing that they could think of singing was glory to God in the highest. When man, when the, when the, when, when, when the plan that, that, that God and, and, and Jesus orchestrated to redeem fallen man is expressed to the angels, their hearts are filled with joy when they think about your and my salvation. And so there they are. 4,000 years later, 
when the plan is put into motion. It's implemented at this point. And there they are on the plains of Bethlehem, singing, glory to God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So let's break this down. Three things we find as we look at the instruction that we find in this song. The first thing, glory to God in the highest. The first thing we see here is that the plan of salvation, the plan of reconciliation between God and man, that plan brings glory to God. Would you say amen to that? When, 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 when the discussion takes place that man and God could be reconciled together, that man does not have to be lost in eternal damnation, but that he can once again be embraced into the family of heaven, that he can go to heaven and be with God, that gives glory to God. So when Jesus came here on this earth, they said glory to God in the highest, because now redemption can be offered to fallen man. It's the highest form of glory that can be given to God. The redemption of fallen man is the highest form of glory that can be given to him. The Bible goes on, glory to God in the highest and on earth what? Peace. On earth, peace, the Bible tells us. The last time that there had been peace on earth was in the Garden of Eden. 4,000 years of suffering had taken place at that point. The last time that there had been peace where God and man could reunite or could be together was in the Garden of Eden, but that had been stolen away by Satan's masterful temptations and deception. And now the opportunity is being brought back to this earth for God and man to be reconciled together for peace instead of suffering to take place. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, you read this in the scripture reading, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and, his, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the what? The Prince, the Bible tells us, of peace. We're also told in John chapter 14, just before Jesus was crucified, he said this to his disciples in verse 27, peace I leave with you. What does he want to leave with us? He's like, I'm going, I'm going to die, I'm going to be crucified on the cross, I'm going to rise up again, and I'm going to go to heaven. He had told them that multiple times, but he said, I'm going to leave something behind. What is he going to leave behind? Peace. Peace, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace on earth, the Bible tells us. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what with God? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does peace come from? It doesn't come from me. It comes through Jesus Christ. That's why when the angels were there on the plains of Bethlehem, they were able to say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, what? Peace. Why? Because the Prince of Peace was here. The Prince of Peace had come to leave peace here on this earth as he went back to heaven, and we are able to obtain peace through having a relationship with Jesus. That's why they said, and on earth, peace. And then the last part of the song they sang was that there would be goodwill toward who? Now, you might ask yourself the question, how do we see goodwill toward men? What does that mean to me? I mean, how do I see goodwill from God to men? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions here today. You know, 
when, uh, when, when, you, when you have, uh, you know, animosity or some hard feelings or something like that towards somebody, and maybe you have that taking place right now in your life, I don't know. But if you have hard feelings or pent-up frustrations with somebody, does God blot you out of existence that moment, yes or no? No, that's goodwill toward men from our Heavenly Father. Say for an example, the Lord wakes you up one morning, a little bit earlier than your alarm clock goes off, and he loves to do that every now and then because he wants to spend time with you. He's so in love with you. He just wants to spend that extra time. He's like, you got enough sleep? I know your sleep cycles better than you know your sleep cycles. Let's, 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 let's spend a little extra time together this morning. And instead of doing that, you roll over and hit the snooze button and go back to sleep. Does he give up on you and say, forget it, I'm going to go someplace else? Yes or no? No, he's waiting for you when you finally decide to get up out of bed and take that time to spend together with him. That is God showing goodwill toward men. Uh, what about the times when we sin? What about the times when we do things that we know we shouldn't? The spirit comes and he, and, and he convicts us and says, don't do this, but we do it anyways. Does God forgive us? Of course he does. We've heard this passage several times this morning, but it's funny enough, it was in my notes anyways. Isaiah chapter one, verse 18, you're familiar with it. Come now, let us what? Reason together, he says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they be red like crimson. Uh, the Bible says they shall be white as snow. So here the Bible tells us that God wants to reason with us. He wants to, even though we do things that are wrong, he still wants to reason together with us. That's God showing goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. But what are the prophetic implications of this song that the angels sang? I don't know about you, but when I look around in the world today, I don't see a whole lot of peace. I don't see a whole lot of goodwill toward men. As I was thinking about it, I was reminded of terrible devastation that most of us have probably forgotten about. A couple of years ago, typhoon that swept through the Philippines. Chaotic weather patterns all over the world today. Claimed the life of 5,600 people. Peace on earth? I don't see it. What about a couple of of years ago when I was sitting on my couch watching the Boston Marathon, watching the runners run across the finish line? Oh, wow, this is great. What an achievement they have made. Closed my computer, went throughout the rest of my day doing my business, turned on the radio, and what did I hear? Two bombs had gone off, maimed, killed, and put a bunch of people in the hospital. Is there peace on earth? What about the young man in his early 20s who walked into a school and took the life of his mother, 20 first graders, and six staff in the Newtown, Connecticut shootings? Peace on earth? What about the Las Vegas shootings that just took place this past year? What about the shootings that took place in that small little country church down in Texas? Peace on earth? Goodwill toward men? I don't know about you, but as I look into the world today, what I see is the antithesis of that, the direct opposite of peace on earth. But what I believe is this. Indeed, when we accept Christ into our lives, we receive peace in our lives. I've experienced it, and so have you. Would you say amen? But I believe that's just a sample of what the peace that God wants us to really experience. 
I think the angels here were talking about both. That when I accept Christ as my Savior, my Lord and Savior, that I can experience peace at that time. But they are also talking about the peace on earth that is yet to come. The time when God will actually redeem fallen man, take them to the kingdom of heaven, and then eventually back here to this earth to recreate this earth of sin and suffering and give it to us in joyful perfection the way God originally intended to be. That's when the fulfillment of this song will take place, when there will be peace in its totality here on earth. I look forward to that. How about you? Boy, I want to be there. I want to be able to sing that song. Listen to this. This is from the fourth volume of the Spirit of Prophecy, page uh, 198. It says this. Celestial glory flooded all the plain. An innumerable company of angels were revealed. And as if the joy were too great for one messenger to bring from heaven, a multitude of voices break forth. Listen to this. A multitude of voices break forth. In the anthem which all the nations of the saved shall one day sing. What is that anthem? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. They sang it when the plan of redemption was revealed. They sang it when God came down here to this earth. And we will all sing it again with the heavenly angels when God redeems fallen man and takes us to the place of eternal peace. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to singing in the bass section in the choir. Maybe next week when my cold goes away, I'll be in the tenor section. I don't know. But the Bible, or Spirit of Prophecy tells us that one day, all the nations of the redeemed will sing this song. And I think it will sound beautiful because it will come from not only the voices of angels, but it will also come from the voices of men and women who have experienced the depth of the love of God. Fallen men who have been redeemed by their Savior. <clears throat> That's when the fullness of this prophecy, I believe, will come true. But let's look at the last part of this as we close off our time together. Perhaps the most important part. Just gaining knowledge is one thing, but what does it mean to me? The personal application of this song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill, Toward men. Of course, we understand that there's no special significance to December 25. Jesus was not born on that day. We know that. Um, But it's interesting that in the world, both secular and religious minds are turned to the story at this time. Of course, there's Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all that craziness that goes along with it. But most people's attention is, is at least open to the idea of the birth of Jesus around this time of the year. And I think as Christians, it's a good time for us to capitalize on that somewhat interest in people's minds and follow the example of the angels and to go and seek out those people who want to know more about peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Because I believe today that there are people just like there were on the plains of the hills of Bethlehem back in the time when Jesus was born who are studying the prophecies of Jesus. They're studying the prophecies of God's word, perhaps the prophecies of the second coming of Jesus. And their hearts are thrilled with the prospects of the coming of the Savior. And yet they need somebody to come along and tell them a little bit more about these wonderful prophecies. And maybe you might be able to be the angel in their lives. 
The song goes, glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Hmm. You have peace in your home? You have peace in your workplace? You have peace with your family, with associates? You know, what kind of, what kind of experience are we having in our home life? What's, what's it like? Do you have an estranged family member they haven't talked to in a long time? Maybe there's some harbored resentment that you're holding in your heart because of something that they did to, to you or to somebody that you love. And the Bible here is telling us today is a time, this is a time where we can have peace in our families. Maybe you have a coworker or a friend or an associate of some sort who has wronged you. This is a time where we can have peace on earth. Maybe there's somebody here in this church that you have some sort of resentment towards. Maybe that person is no longer here in that church. Maybe they go to another church. Maybe you've come here because you had resentment towards somebody else at another church. Or maybe somebody here has gone to another church because they have resentment with somebody here. I don't know. I've only been here for a little over a year. I'm still learning all this stuff. But I know the human nature. The human nature is to hold on to resentment, to keep track of the wrongs that people have done. The Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our debts as we. Maybe the gift you need to give this holiday season, instead of it being something in a pretty package with a bow on top of it, maybe you need to give somebody an apology. Might cost a little bit more than what you have in the bank to humble yourself and do that. I don't know. Whatever it may be in your life, maybe this applies, maybe it doesn't. But the Bible here is telling us that this is a time where we can bring peace into our homes, into our relationships, into our church. Because the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the what? Children of God. My kids just memorized this memory verse. Peacemakers. I want to be a child of God. How about you? It's the children of God who one day will join the angelic choir in singing this song that we are meditating on here in our time together this morning. The time of the year where we can bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You know, if there's anything in your life that is keeping you from experiencing this peace, peace in your own life, peace in your relationships, peace here at church, whatever it may be, I think instead of numbing ourselves with the feasts that we have this time of the year, the parties, the get-togethers, and all that kind of stuff, it might be better for us to spend a little time in our prayer closets and say, Father, I want peace in my relationship with you. Father, I want peace in my relationships with other people. I want peace in my own personal life. And this is the time of the year, Father, that I want to seek out this peace. It's a good thing for us to do as we look forward to starting 2018 together in just a few short weeks. I want to have peace in my life. How about you? So I encourage you, as you think about Christmas, as you think about the birth of Christ, as we plan for doing kind things to those that love us and those that we love, don't forget the other people as well. Maybe there are people that are less fortunate. Maybe there are people like the ones that I've mentioned here that we have hard feelings towards or they have hard feelings towards us, relationships that need to be mended. 
This is something that we should keep in mind as we go through the holiday season as well. Maybe you need to, um, I don't know, get him a gift. Well, maybe you might say, well, I don't have money to buy a gift. Well, I don't know, bake him some cookies or something like that. Well, yeah, you might say, I'm not very good at baking. That's fine. Sing him a song. Now you might say, I sound like a frog, like the pastor does this morning. That's okay. If you can't sing, uh, make him a card or something like that. Well, I'm not an artist. If that's okay, if you're not an artist, pray a prayer for him or something like that. Do something. Find some way that you can bless somebody else. We're so accustomed to blessing those that we love and that love us at the holiday season. But I think it's good for us to think about the others as well. The less fortunate and maybe those who we have strained relationships with this time of the year. It's a time where we can bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men. I want to follow the example of the angels. How about you? Lord, help me. Help me to bring one, be one who brings peace on earth. Help me to be a peacemaker this time of the year and to show goodwill towards men. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for the story that we've read together this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the example that the angels gave us, that they were not discouraged by what they didn't find, but they were encouraged by what they did find. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to open our eyes and to see where we can bring peace on this earth. Peace in our home, peace in our relationships, uh, peace with uh, other people in our church. Lord, help us to follow the example of the angels and to be that shining light this time of the year and to help turn people's attention towards the good news that soon and very soon we are going to see our King, the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Father, for we ask this in Jesus' name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.